This is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? Football season's here, so hockey is right around the corner. Yes, it is. So it is good to be back after uh, last week, and uh, what we'll be doing in this week's episode is brush you up on a couple of NHL news. They're mainly signings, and some Hurricanes news, along with standing predictions, both from Sam Driscoll and from me. Uh, Sam Driscoll, uh, do you want to share first, or do you want me to share first when we start doing that? Um, you can go first. Okay. Then I can tell you how wrong you are. Of course. Okay. <laughs> well, so a couple of NHL news that did happen today. Uh, well, not today, but this past week was Montreal signed Kirby Doc to a four-year, $3.352 million contract. That is an interesting deal. I thought the term would be a little bit shorter for Kirby Doc. He hasn't really showed his potential yet. I didn't think term was going to be shorter. I thought money was going to be more. So really, yeah. So I think a four by three point three is 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 a steal for for the Canadians. So well, they have they're probably going to have some of that cap space. Yeah, though, especially with uh, Carey Price on LTIR. Mm-hmm. So probably yeah. for the whole season too. So and he might retire. I think mean, that's been floated around too for Price. But um, I would have loved to have seen him win a cup before he retired. But it just was not in it doesn't seem like that was going to be in the cards so yes and uh, this signing comes after that questionable trade by chicago trading kirby doc to montreal i don't think we made much sense of why chicago did that deal chicago dumped a lot of younger players you know it made sense you know if you dump taves kane you know you're you're rebuilding you want the cap space that's 20 plus million cap if you get rid of um Doc, I mean, if you get rid of Taze and Kane, but you got rid of some young players, you're telling me Chicago could have afforded this deal. Um, he would have been great in Chicago. He would have been someone they could have built around. Same with um, some of the other younger players in Chicago traded. So uh, <laughs> they're doing a firehouse sale. So you know what? Montreal was one of the benefactors, just like Ottawa. So. Yeah, yeah, just like Ottawa when they got Alex Debrinkit. And Ottawa made noise by uh, signing Tim Stutzel to an eight-year deal at $8.35 million contract. What's interesting is that there are quite a bit of eight-year deals being thrown out, especially with a flat cap, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, but, you know, the cap's going up again next year, so... But these are young players, too. These are players that you know you're going to sign, that you know you want in your organization. Tim Stutzel, Andre Svechnikov, just two examples of players who deserve and have earned eight-year deals. Um, you're young. You want to keep them around. Aho is unfortunate with the situation there. We didn't yeah. get an eight-year deal, but that was due to some other factors. But um, I think that'll be the most interesting offseason for Carolina is when Ajo's up because we not only just have Ajo, it's Ajo, Teravainen, and a few other pretty good players. Along with Jarvis and Natchez, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, And I Pesci. And it's a matter of who comes back. You would think Ajo, Teravainen are going to be number one and two priority. You can live without Pesci if you're Moro guy, if Moro comes up and starts to play. So you got to prioritize what you have 
what you need and Ajo is your all-star. So unless you're going to replace that somewhere. Exactly. And uh, going back to the eight-year deal that these GMs are giving out to these players, seems like they're really gambling on them being these stud players too. Yeah, but that some of these a players, few years down the road, that contract's going to look good. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what Andre Svechnikov's deal is, right? I mean, it was exactly by seven and change. So less than eight million. That contract's either going to be really, 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 really good, or it's going to be okay. I don't really see that contract going bad. It's not going to be as bad as like say Simmons' contract was, right? So this deal is going to be good for Carolina. This deal is going to be good for Ottawa. Yeah, I mean it's it's a solid contract. He's a great hockey player. It's at a bargain price. If this guy's scoring eighty plus points a season, it's a good deal. Yeah, it is a really good deal. Now let's get on to some Canes news. Uh, we found out last week that ESPN revealed their schedule, and the Canes games that are going to be on there is seven. Seven games on ESPN, total of eleven national broadcasted games. Because I think there's an extra four on the TNT. And Hulu. Network. And Hulu, okay. So, yeah, Carolina is going to get some nationally broadcasted games. Hopefully we can do better this year. Uh, that's 11 losses, if not. <laughs> so let's hope They need to do better on national television games. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, we need to do better. I think we will do better. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad they're getting attention they deserve. This, this franchise has earned the... Yeah, they definitely earned it. I remember like a few years ago, they would only get like at the most two games nationally. And it's just so nice that they're getting a lot more national attention. In fact, I think the athletic and maybe the hockey news both projected Carolina blink uh, to go far in the playoffs. I believe it was the hockey news that predicted they'll win the Stanley Cup. I mean, if I'm not corrected. Yeah, but, you know, Carolina is built for that. They are built for a playoff they run. They have two elite goalies, Antti Ranta and Freddie Anderson. They're very, very good when healthy. They have elite players like Ajo and Tara Vinen and when he's healthy, and we're talking playoffs, so Patch Reddy's going to be here, hopefully playing at that point. Um, you've got Jarvis, you have Natchez. These are all players who could be considered elite, especially if Natchez starts playing like he did the year before last. Um, Carolina, Carolina has probably one of the most upsided rosters in the league, but they also have question marks. Like, does Jarvis play better? Does he have a sophomore slump? Does Natchez play better, or does he continue down the path that it's and, and, and does Fetch? Yeah, uh, hit another level too because he needs to hit another. And KK, yeah, KK is a, is is honestly a, um, probably in my mind one of the more important aspects of this, this roster for the playoffs. So if if KK can play, if KK can get the point production that Trocheck did, we're fine, and that contract's going to be fantastic. If Troch, if he can, if KK can get ten points less than Trocheck, I think we're still good. You you just need him to be right around where Churchick was in point production, and you're fine. Exactly, and if not, then that position could be given to Natchez. It could be even given to Stasny. a Stasny, or maybe even Drury if he's having a fantastic rookie season. Yeah, I mean, you have some options for center. I mean, KK can play fourth line. He was fine when he played down there. Point production wasn't there, but he was solid. You could trust him on defensively. Um I mean, you know, you might even have him on your third line if you decide to make that shutdown line the fourth line, right? So, 
I don't know what they'll do with line wise. It's yeah, well, we'll, we'll discuss that in a couple of weeks because we have a uh, um, official season preview that we will be having. So uh, let's get back to the Canes news. Uh, Trip Tracy is now officially back with the Canes broadcasting team. Huge Kaniac. Yes, huge Kaniac, and I am really proud of him. Uh, just yeah. uh, him uh, speaking out, but boldly about what he's been dealing with and now he's coming back after actually solving that um what he's been through no trip tracy is uh a good guy good man i've we've met him before nice guy you just all he's the kind of guy you root for so we're, we're rooting for for trip and we're excited he's going to be back on the broadcast this year we knew he would um, he's been with this team for forever. He's kind of the heart and soul of the broadcast team now. Yeah, especially after losing John Forslund, it would have been a real shame to lose Trip too. I mean, it, love Shane, really love would've. Shane and Mike. I do. They were fantastic when they did the broadcast team. There's nothing against Shane at all. Um, but you know, it's it's Trip, and Trip has been with this team for so long. Trip is just he's iconic. He's what you think of now with Carolina. So it would be a shame to have lost all of your original broadcasters and that's what would have happened if trip went away so um glad trips back excited for the season excited for his broadcast for away games now we have a new person on the broadcast team and hannah yates she has been added obviously abby labar um is no longer with the Kings broadcast team and i'm sure you listeners probably know why we don't have to reiterate that uh but uh she seems promising from looking at her resume, she worked in St. Louis covering the Blues. Oh, you know, it's just good. You got to fill a hole that's created. Um, we'll see what she does. I, you know, we'll see. Yeah, not we'll, much. I don't we'll know see. anything about her, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how she does for sure. Um, I'm sure she'll be fine. I don't think this organization's not going to hire someone who's not going to do a good job. So, yeah, we'll be good. Broadcast yeah. team will be solid this year, as it always is. Oh, yeah, it will. Now, the Canes did make some news in uh, solving, in signing Calvin DeHaan to a PTO last week. And that made things to me very interesting, especially with, as you listeners know, about how I feel with Jake Gardner. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Adam Gold's prediction is that um, Calvin DeHaan will be in the opening night lineup. I think that's ideal. I do too. I think if you can get him onto an NHL contract, Dehan anchoring that third pair is 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 a steal, right? Yeah, and then you maybe alternate between Dylan Coughlin and Ethan Bear to play alongside him. And Jake Gardner. Maybe Jake Gardner. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, honestly, we got to get the preseason to know. I think that's what you have to do to know about Jake Gardner. Because if he cannot perform, he's going to be put on LTIR again. So he might retire. I mean, it's really just a matter of what can Gardner do. This is all around what happens when he steps on the ice. What happens Because he's going to probably play every single preseason game. At least come very close to that. So will DeHaan. And still will step on who's also on PTO. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think DeHaan 
being signed is more likely than step on, but I see a situation where they both are, are brought in, whether or not they're playing in Chicago. I mean, playing in, uh, yeah, Chicago or playing in Carolina. It's possible. Yeah. And I think the signing of DeHaan too actually gives, um, Gardner, um, I guess it's giving him a, a shorter of- lease. It not only gives him a shorter leash, but it gives a lot of internal competition for that third for that third pairing. Because you've got Coughlin, you've got Bear, you've got Gardner, you've got DeHaan, you got four, you got Chatfield, you got five defensemen who all can fill it, and honestly, who are all NHL defensemen. Gardner has the most upside. Gardner and Bear probably have the most upside of anybody on that list. Because Gardner can power play quarterback, can quarterback a power play. So if he's healthy, he can do it, and he can do it well. Bear similar. He can quarterback that second power play if he's playing good. So you've got two players with a lot of upside if they're healthy, if they're ready to go, and if Gard- you know if Gardner is the guy he was before he came to Carolina, that's a no-brainer. You have Gardner quarterback that second power play unit, and he'll be fine, and he'll be a good third-pairing defenseman. If he's not, then that's that's it for Gardner. But you know, and if those two don't work out, you've got Coughlin, who's who has, I guess, some offensive upside. He does. Uh, he's DeHaan. a good puck moving defenseman, for, yeah. from what I've heard. And you've got Calvin DeHaan, who's really good for Carolina, and uh, when we made the playoffs in 2019, going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I think you have five defensemen, all who could play that role, all who could fit in there. So, and we didn't even talk touch on Jalen Chatfield. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I um, did mention. Chatfield oh, you did. That's that right, guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although I think a lot of these signings may have kind of pushed Chatfield a little bit more out with Dehan. So exactly. You know, you've got Dehan, you've got Gardner. That's two NHL defensemen there. If you're playing, if Gardner, if Gardner's healthy and can play, you know he's going to play. You're not going to bench a guy that's four point three million and change. So you're not going to do that. So. We'll see what happens there. Now, uh, we know it's we're in the season of standing predictions, so we're going to offer our views. Do not treat this like gospel. Don't think, please don't get mad of our predictions. It's just what we think. If you want to come up with your own predictions, go ahead and do that. And if you want to share those with us, um, I don't mind seeing those. If you want to uh, send those to our email or uh, put those on our Twitter and uh, we'll see what you guys got because everybody is entitled th- to their opinion. So I'm going to start with the Pacific and then I'm going to lastly going to be at the Metro. So for the Pacific Division, number eight, I have Seattle. Mm. You don't think they get better? I don't think they get better. And this was a little bit tough because I thought Seattle and Anaheim were going to be at the bottom of the division. Interesting. Because I do think even though San Jose, I think, needs to go on a rebuild, I still think San Jose is better than both Anaheim and Seattle. Interesting. So I have Seattle at eight and then Anaheim at seventh. Now, to Mm, me, the difference there... It's because of Trevor Zegers. Hmm. Trevor Zegers is an amazing player. And I do think, comparing those teams, I think Anaheim has a better goaltender in John Gibson. I think their defense is a little bit better, too, with the likes of Cam Fowler. And I think they have a lot of promise, too, with Yerho 
Bakkenainen. So, but I don't see Anaheim as a playoff team. And then I have San Jose at six. Okay. I can't see them getting higher than six. I mean, yeah, they lost Brent Burns, which was huge. Yeah, been on there, been there for a long time. He's been, yes, he's been there for a long time. Other, uh, and also the thing with San Jose, their biggest question, one of their biggest questions, is goaltending. Uh, they don't really have that good goal goalie to get them to the playoffs. It's true. And the number five, this might surprise people. I have Vegas mm, at number okay. five. I don't think they make the playoffs. I really don't. Just just by looking at the roster and just this feeling of how Vegas reacted when Jack Eichel came in. I don't see Vegas becoming a very bad team. I still think they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot, but I don't think they make it. And then number four, I have L.A. I think L.A. got a lot better with the addition of Kevin Fiala. I still think Anze Kopitar is really good. They have Jonathan Quick, who I think can be an excellent goaltender. And they have good young defensemen in the mix and young forwards with the likes of Gabriel Velarde, Alex Turcott, Quinton Byfield. And on the back end, I'm, I'm going to bring up some players here because there were a couple players that I liked on the back end. Uh, th- they signed... Um, Michael Anderson recently, who I thought he was pretty decent. I thought Sean Dursey was really good. He has not been signed yet, but they bring in a veteran and Alex Ander Edler. Tobias Yornfoot, I think, has been good. I think this defense is a little bit underrated, even though it's not the best. So, that's why. And I do like Victor Arvidsson, too. He's with LA. So, part of the reason why... I I think they're number four. And then number three, I have Vancouver. Okay. I think Vancouver can make the playoffs, and I think they can be a very good team with Brock Besser, Elias Pedersen. Quinn Hughes and Tyler Mars on the back ends, to me, are the biggest bright spots. And then with... Number two and number one as the battle for Alberta. I have two as Calgary, number one, Edmonton. Mm, put McDavid. Betting on McDavid. I am betting on McDavid. Really am. And I think their defense has gotten a lot better, too, with Edmonton. Uh, they had a rookie really, really break out in Evan Bouchard. And I thought he played really good. He could be, a, to me, like an, another Kale McCarr or Maurice Sider type of defenseman. I think he can be very good. They have Tyson Berry. I think Darnell Nurse is their best all-around defenseman. And, of course, up front, it's elite-level talent with David Dreisaitl leading the way. And then you have, I would say, pretty good depth with Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane and Kaylor Yamamoto. So I think Edmonton's in the best position to me to be first. And with Calgary, I think they're really good. I think their strength, though, is going to be on the back end with the addition of Mackenzie Weger. You have Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson. 
I think they're going to be a tough team to score on. The reason why I have them at number two is because Matthew Kachuk is gone. Johnny Gaudreau is gone. I don't think they're going to be as good offensively, but it helps with the addition of Huberto. So that's my take of the Pacific Division. What's yours? I mean, our top three are the same, but a different order. So I'll start at eight. I also have Seattle. I don't think they get good enough yet. That they move in the right direction in the offseason, absolutely. I think in this division, they're the one team that might surprise you. Actually, I think they're one of two teams that could surprise you and finish higher. So Seattle, I think, had a very good offseason. I think if some other teams fall flat on their faces, it could be an opening for Seattle to really take this division by storm, maybe make it into the top four. I don't really think they make it top three, but top four I think is probable if everything, if the stars align, as they say, perfectly for Seattle. Still have them at eight. Don't think they can do it. Don't think they're ready to do it. But I think they're getting close. They're doing the right way. They're building the right way. Francis knows how to build the team from the draft. He does. That's what Seattle's doing right now. I don't believe. And he made some offseason signings that shocked me that he knows how to sign free agents. So it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And one thing Where I do. Where was that, Ronnie? Yeah. Well, I think one thing is I think GMs really learn from their past experiences. I And the first person that did that was Don Waddell. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Ron Francis was fired because he did nothing at free agent deadline. And that's why he was. Yeah, fired. that was why. But Ron Francis learned from that. And absolutely. Don Waddell learned from his mistakes in Atlanta. So I think experience really helps a GM. Now, number seven might surprise some people. I have no faith in San Jose. I have them at number seven. <laughs> no faith in San Jose. I think they're going to have a really bad year. I think that's going to. I think that's going to put them in a position to where they realize they have to rebuild. They may have promised a player or two that they aren't, but it, you're getting to a point where you can't compete anymore the way you want to, and they can't. This this division is getting too. It's too young. It's too fast. Even in Seattle, they're too fast. The only reason I have San Jose above Seattle is San Jose's got better players. You still have Eric Carlson. If he can play really well, that's he's an elite defenseman. He's an elite goal scorer. You have uh you've got a lot of good players on this. Hurdle. Team. Yeah, you got Hurdle. I mean, this Couture. is a team. Yeah, this is a team who still has some all stars on it. They're not gonna go quietly into the night. So Seattle, that's I mean I mean, San Jose, could they finish higher? Maybe. I, I don't really maybe six, but I don't see them higher than that. So yeah, I don't either. Seven is where I have them because I, I think that's realistic for, for San Jose. Number six is Los Angeles. Really? Yeah, I have L.A. a little low. But I think L.A. is one of those teams that could surprise you again. They're not my sleeper pick. I don't think they're going to get higher than four. or you know. But I think they're good. They could do better than six, but I don't expect them to. I think they're very young. I think they have a good chance, but... I, I think that's still a very inexperienced club. Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty leading it is obviously on a, on a great veteran core there, but I think they're getting older. So I, I don't know. Kopitar is, had a good year last year. Is he going to regress? Is he going to stay the same? We don't know. Is Doughty going to regress? Is he going to stay the same? We don't know. Quick. Yeah, Quick is not playing good, but Quick has had really bad seasons the last couple of years. Last year he did really well. Which quick are we going to get this year? Is he really, really bad? Then San Jose might fall down to seven, right? I mean, L.A. might fall down to seven. So L.A. has got too many questions for me to put them above six. Number five is actually my sleeper pick, who I think can honestly, honestly, honestly possibly pull into the top three, and that's Anaheim. 
I have a lot of faith. In you have a lot of faith in that. I do. I think when you've got players like Trevor Zegers on your team, you just you Troy Terry, Troy Terry. You have to believe in this club, right? So I think Anaheim is just a team that's getting ready to break out. I think they could play well. I think if my number four team falters, which I think is likely, is that Vegas? We'll see. I think it's very likely. <laughs> I think Anaheim can surprise, pull into fourth, maybe even a wild card spot, make the playoffs. Um, but yes, my number four is is the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know if they make the playoffs. I think it's hard for the reason I didn't put them at five and I have them at four is because Vegas's offensive core is an elite group of players led by Eichel, Stone. You can it's hard for me to bet against Vegas's forward group. Petrangelo on the Petrangelo, back end. Yeah. The weak spot in Vegas is their net minding. It's so it is it is embarrassingly bad. So it's it's an unfortunate search situation, but can Vegas turn it around? Maybe I think, uh, I believe their coach is, is it Peter DeBoer, Peter DeBoer, who yeah. I have little to no faith in as a coach. I think he's one of the worst coaches in the national hockey league. He's a choker when it comes to the playoffs. You know that if you know, he coached San Jose to multiple Western conference finals. And then that was it for them. They blew it. They were teams that should have gone all the way. They didn't be DeBoer, not a good coach, not going to get it done. And, and Vegas, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised. Vegas is my team that I would not be surprised if they fall all the way down again to be in the bottom three of the division. It would not shock me, but I have them at four because I believe in their offense. Um, number three, I have Vancouver like you did. I think Vancouver is one of those teams that has really high upside. And because this division is so wide open – like Vancouver, if they played really well, could push themselves into one or two. I don't think it's likely because I think those top two spots are well taken care of by Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, the Alberta teams. Um, but is Vancouver a team that can do it? Sure. They've got the potential. They kept Miller. I think I think my where I would have had them would have been lower if they didn't keep JT Miller. But Vancouver is um, – it's going to be good this year. They're going to make a playoff. They're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to be top three. I, I like them at three. They have good. Yeah, they've got a good team. So, um, number two, I'm different than you. I have Edmonton. Okay. I put Edmonton down because I don't believe in the Oilers. I still don't believe in the Oilers. I'm sick of Connor hearing about Connor McDavid. Good for you. You can score a goal every game. Well, explain to me why other players still shut you down. You lose games that are important. Edmonton almost missed the playoffs. <laughs> they were close. They had a good push at the end of the season, but they were starting to falter. No, I don't believe in Edmonton yet. Once I, you know, hope, maybe they'll prove me wrong. They will not win the division. I think they could fall to three. I think Vancouver could overtake them if you get to the same issue um, in Edmonton, right? Okay, you got Jack Campbell. Okay, he didn't do it for Toronto. Toronto, Toronto, yeah, Toronto. Edmonton, very similar teams. High-powered offense eh, on the back end. Uh, they want to outscore their problems. That didn't work for Edmonton last year. No reason to think it's going to work for them again this year. So they think they got an upgrade in Campbell. I agree. Yes, they do. But Campbell couldn't do it in Toronto. I don't, and I think Toronto has a better defense than Edmonton does. So can they do it in Edmonton? Maybe. We'll yeah, see. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Edmonton's one, two, or three. I have them at two, so I split the difference. Put them at two. 
I think you and I can agree they're a playoff team. Absolutely. If they fell out of the playoffs, I would be surprised. But I would also feel like, you know, I would, I would, I also wouldn't be surprised at the same time because I think Edmonton's too high on themselves. But we'll see. Um, Calgary, I have number one. Markstrom is just an elite goaltending. I mean, what, 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 what Edmonton does not have, Calgary does. They've got the elite defensive core, they have the elite offense, and they've got the elite goaltender. Calgary has all three. Edmonton's got one. They have a good defense and they have a good, like an okay, you know, he's a good goalie. But, you know, I think Calgary has all three components to win the division. And I think who, what's going to win them the division is Markstrom. The goaltender in Calgary is so good. He was up for the Vesna. Um, I still believe Anderson should have been, Freddie Anderson from Carolina should have been in that mix, but it doesn't matter. Markstrom was still really, really good. Yeah. It was just UC Soros was in the mix in place of Anderson. I did not agree with. No, not at all. But Calgary, definitely. Number one, I would be surprised if they fell out of number one. But definitely top three. If they did, you know, they're not going to miss the playoffs. Calgary's one, two, or three. But I'm pretty confident in one. Nice. Now let's head off to the Central Division. I will explain my picks. Number eight, I think you and I could agree on. Arizona. I have a number eight. Arizona is in full-on tank mode. I can tell you already we disagree. Really? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. I My guess is I think of Chicago. But Arizona, I, I mean, obviously they are tanking for Connor Bedard. They're taking for that number one pick. And then seventh, I have Chicago. Reason why is because they still have Kang, still have Taves. That's why I think Chicago's at seven, Arizona's at eight. Arizona, I think they have Clayton Keller as their best pe- player at times. Chaturin can be very good, but I, I'm I just think Keller on a good team is probably a second line forward. So that's why I have Arizona at eight, and then seven Chicago. The, I think they're not going to be a good team at all. But probably be a little bit competitive due to the fact that they still have Kane and Taves. Other than that, I do not expect much. Their defense isn't good. Goaltending isn't good. Yeah, I think that's an interesting take. Yes, that's the only reason is because of Kane and Taves. And we'll see if they are still with the team at the end of the season. At number six, this is going to be a bit of a hot take. I have Nashville at number six. Really? Yeah, I'm actually pretty low right now. I like, I think they're going to be a very competitive team. They're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot, but I just think the other teams are better than Nashville. And I think also at number five is Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg's mm. going to have a bounce back season. You have Winnipeg they, at five. Yes, I do. Okay. okay. Reason why, I know they missed the playoffs last year, but yeah. on paper, I think they are a great Team, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Ellers. You have Dubois. I think that is a very great forward core. You have Hellbuck on the back end, who I think can, if he can have a bit of a bounce back season, he can be a very elite goalie, and I think they can be in the playoffs. Now, their defense is a little bit suspect, but overall, I think Winnipeg will be in the playoffs. At number four, I have Minnesota. Reason why is because of the cap situation that they are in, which made them trade Kevin Fiala. 
I think that takes a step down for me. If they select Kevin Fiala, I might have put them at number three. I have them at number four, though. Uh, the real difference maker on Minnesota's Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Yeah. He is just a monster. And I do like Flurry. He, he's their goalie. Yeah. I think he's good. I do think they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be scratching the service there. Number three, I have Dallas. Wow. Okay. I think Dallas is a, to me, almost a lock for the playoffs. You have, I think, a pretty good offense. I know Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, the leaders in the squad, haven't been performing as well, but you have Rope Hints. You have Jason Robertson, who, to me, is my favorite player in Dallas. Robertson is an excellent forward. And then you have their goaltender, Jake Ottinger. And their defense, they have Miro Heiskanainen, Issa Lindell, more defensemen. I, I'm I'm excited to see what Thomas Harley is going to do for Dallas. I think they're a lock. To me, number two is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I have to. I think St. Louis is pretty much a lock as well. I think their D is actually very good. I like their top four. Tory Krug, Justin Falk. And um, a couple other defensemen on there. And I think their four core is still amazing. Tarasenko is one of the best pure snipers in the NHL. Ryan O'Reilly, I like a lot. Pavel Buchnevich had an amazing season with St. Louis. Jordan Kairou and Robert Thomas are great young forwards. I think they're number two. And yeah, the other defenseman for St. Louis that I remember, Colton Pareko, Nick Letty, very good defense. And I like Jordan Bennington. Yeah. I do. And number one, I don't (laughs) think anybody's going to question this. No. Colorado Avalanche, elite all around. Stanley Cup champs. Now, goaltending, I think, is going to be their question. Gorgiev and uh, Pavel Francois. That's going to be interesting. Took the reins, so I honestly have no question there. It's just a matter of can Georgiev be the backup? Yes, I think Francois will be okay. But their defense is amazing with Devon Taves, Kill McCarr, Eric Johnson, Bill and Byram, excellent. Then you have the all-around power forward in McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen. Colorado is one of the best teams in the in the NHL. They just won a Stanley Cup. Absolutely. They're number one. Yep. You and I only agreed on number one, two, and six. Everything else was a little jumbled. Okay, let's see. Number eight, I have the Chicago Blackhawks. I think Chicago is in disarray. I think Chicago is incapable of doing anything more than eight. Um, I don't believe, Jonathan, and I believe even if they were holding seven through the whole season, then traded K's, Taves, and Kane at the deadline, that's when they're going to falter because they have literally nobody. So I think Chicago is incapable. They have nothing. They have no goaltending. They have no defense. And they have no offense once Kane and Taves are gone. Yes, they have Kane and Taves. I do not believe Kane and Taves will be on this organization in this organization past trade deadline. I think they could be gone before then. I think Chicago wants a chance to get Connor Bedard as well to replace Taves and Kane. But again, my number seven is Arizona. Would I be shocked if they flip flop? Not really. I think they're both really bad. Um, I think Arizona's got a lot of young, good potential, potentially good young players. Clayton Keller leading the pack there. You take another step, sure. 
Could Arizona be better? Sure. I mean, they're playing in a college stadium. They're not going to be good. They're not anticipated to be good. Um, they're seven for me. Number six, I also have Nashville. They're just kind of meh. They're okay. Could they make the playoffs? Sure. Will they? Doubt it. UC Soros would be the reason why they make the playoffs. Because Can he steal games? Oh, yeah. Carolina played them in the playoffs. UC Soros can steal a game. <laughs> He's good. UC Soros is very good. They still have Philip Forsberg. It's not like they don't have good players on the team. I just I think this division is so I think honestly between number two and number six, those teams in that area, they're just all so very close. You wouldn't be surprised if any one of them fell out. Um number five, I have Minnesota. Um, for similar reasons, you have them a little lower. Cap problems. They're got Marc Andre Fleury, yeah. The only player on that team that I'm like, yes, good, is Kirill Kaprizov. He's fantastic. He's phenomenal. Um, they've got Matt Dumba. He's a good defenseman. You can score, run your quarterback, your power play. Jared Spurgeon, he's really good yeah, too. But they don't really have much else right now. I don't really picture Mon. I don't picture Min- I, I don't. I see Minnesota. I put them in the middle of the sandwich because I don't see them really shifting much in either direction. Could they make the playoffs? Sure. Will they? Mm, doubt it. Number four, I have Dallas. Um, Dallas won the Stanley. Uh, not won the Stanley. They made the Stanley Cup Finals several years ago. That team is pretty much similarly intact. The only player they really, really lost this offseason was Klingberg. Um, are they still elite? Yeah, they're still good. They, you have Tyler Sagan. I mean, he he's had some. They've had some rough years. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben. So can they turn that around? They have Rupa Hens. They have. Jason Robertson. They've got their goaltender in Jake Ottinger. Can Dallas be number four, make the playoffs? Sure. Could they be in the top three? Sure. They're good. Um, I don't see them as a lock, though. Uh, I have Winnipeg, actually, at number three in that top three. I believe they have a huge bounce-back season. I think they play really, really, really well. I think they have good goaltending, good offense, good defense. I think Winnipeg's very well-rounded. But again, like some of these other teams, would I be surprised if they fell out? No, not really, because all these teams have should they have that potential to fall and to falter significantly. But I have them at number three. I think that's the most likely chance for them. Um, at number two, I also have St. Louis. But again, I don't see St. Louis as infallible. I think they could falter. And I think if they do, that's when you see Tarasenko get shipped off. I still believe he comes to Carolina if he's traded. I do. Because I think if you have Natchez who's not playing good, Tarasenko and St. Louis who's not playing good, I think that's a match. All right, we're trying to win a cup. You know, change the scenery. Tarasenko can score goals. Replace Pacioretty. True. So, number one, Colorado, that's their division. I've got nothing to add to that. They won the cup. They have not changed any in almost any position. They lost Kadri and they lost Kemper. Are they still elite? Absolutely. They are absolutely still elite, and their young players are only going to get better to replace what they lost in Kadri. They still have the number one team in that division. Are they going to win the cup next year? I don't know. I think Kadri's a big enough hole to shake up their reign on the Western Conference to definitely get back to the Stanley Cup Finals. But are they still good? Yeah, that's still their division. There's no question. They're not it's still fight. their conference, I would say. I don't know. I think Calgary could make that fight. I think Calgary's goaltending's better. So that's the question. You know, who, if, yeah. if, is Calgary's goalie enough to stifle that offense? So Colorado's I think scary, that's though. Colorado's amazing. But is it enough 
to beat Calgary in the Western Conference Finals this would be my question. Uh, I believe they're going to be they're the one and one there. Just does Colorado win the Western Conference? Definitely possible. Their offense is elite, but like Edmonton, they outscore their problems, and it worked last year. But they also had Darcy Kemper. So can that happen again this year? Can Frank Kuz be the goalie that you can trust enough to outscore your problems? I don't know. Are they number one? Absolutely. Absolutely they're number one. There is not another team in this division who can beat them and win that conference. Who do since division. since we finished that conference, uh the teams I had making the playoffs were three teams from the Pacific, top three, and yep. then five from Central. Was that in your case too? I just um, think the other teams in the Central are just better than the ones in the Pacific. I I can see Vegas or Anaheim pushing out. In my my view, Minnesota and Dallas. I think top four in each will make it. Interesting. I, I think top four in each will make it. But um, I would not be surprised if if top three and and top five and Central make it either. Um, I I think Dallas and Minnesota can make it, but I think Anaheim and Vegas can make it. I think at that point it's going to come down to you know what happens in Vegas and happens in Anaheim. Yeah, well, we'll see. Now let's go to the Eastern Conference. To me, the Atlantic is, to me, could be the strongest division. I believe anybody in that division. <laughs> except for Montreal. Except for one through seven, I think, would be very interesting. It, it really would. So number eight, I do have Montreal. Yep. Uh, we all know they're part of the rebuilding process just like Arizona and Chicago and maybe a little bit of Seattle even though not as much in their scenario but Montreal they still have good players though Mm -hmm. I like Suzuki I like Cole Caulfield they traded away Alexander Romanov on the back end I thought he was a good promising young defenseman and we all know Carey Price's predicament that he will not be playing in the upcoming season. And to me, that was another big reason why I put them at eight. Yep. And the number seven, this was hard, really hard. I have Buffalo at number seven. The reason why is because I think they're young and upcoming forwards and defensemen. I mean, they're exciting. You have Owen Power, who has yet to make the NHL. And then in the forward group, you have J.J. Paterka. You have Jack Quinn. And uh, I believe a couple other forwards for Buffalo as well. But I don't think they're there yet. Uh, Peyton Krebs, even though I thought um, he played pretty good in Buffalo, he's not there yet. However... They're going to be very competitive due to Tage Thompson having a breakout season. Alex Tuck played amazing when he got traded to Buffalo. And we'll see. I think Rasmus Dahling is still a very good defenseman. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they potentially were in the mix to get into the playoffs. But I, I just think it's too early for Buffalo as of yet. Now, number six, I have Detroit. I do. Mainly because I trust Steve Eiserman. 
To me, that's the biggest thing. And I also think their forwards are pretty good. I mean, yeah, Dylan Larkin is, I think, a really good forward still. I, you have breakout rookies and Lucas Raymond and Maurice Sider. I, I love the blue line it, that is led by Maurice Sider. You also have um, Simon Ed, Ed, Edvinson, who might come up with uh, Detroit and play on their back end. And I also like Philip Ronick too, on the back end. He's really good. And they signed Andrew Kopp. I thought yeah. that was a really good signing for them. Oh, yeah. And P.O. Sutter, he had a decent season, too. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, we all know where he came from. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a very good forward as well. And David Parent, Perron, who was good in St. Louis, I think he can play well in Detroit, too. But I don't think that, looking at that roster, they make it into... The playoffs. I might have a little bit more faith in Buffalo than Detroit, but yeah. it, it's really close. I mean, this was a really tough choice. And number five, I have falling out of the playoffs. Boston mm-hmm. okay. from last year. Interesting. I have that mainly because um, I believe it was one of their forwards is going to be out at the start of the season. Brad Marchand. Brad, yeah, Brad Marchand. And I Pastor just... disgruntled, too. And, and pa- yeah, Pastor Nat, too. So I just... Without those players, it's just hard for me to think Boston's going to be in the playoffs because of those injuries. So uh, it's kind of hard for me to say that. I mean, I think their goaltenders are good with Olmark and Swayman. Yeah. Like their post game celebrations too. Yeah, and I mean, and I think their D's actually pretty good. McAvoy, Lindholm, Brandon Carlo. I think those are good, excellent top three defensemen. I just don't think they're going to get enough from that offensive group, which is why I think they are going to fall out of the playoffs. Number four, and this is, and this to me is going to be a team that's going to be really bouncing back, and that's Ottawa. They got a huge acquisition in Alex Debrinkit. Huge. You have Tim Stutzel that we just talked about. He's going to be playing great. Did I not mention Brady Kachuk? I mean, Josh Norris, their four core is very young and I think can be very elite. I, I like their defense. I think their defense can possibly get better if Sanderson enters in that mix. You have Thomas Shabbat, who is also up there with one of the best defensemen. Now, I think goaltending is going to be a question for Ottawa. I, they have Matt Murray. Not anymore. Oh, that's right. No, they don't. They have, uh, I believe, Cam Talbot. That's he's what? Good. Yeah, and he's good. Sorry, I, I mixed Matt up the goalies. To, That's Matt right. To, uh, That's right. Cam Talbot. But I do think Ottawa does get a lot better. The question is, are they a playoff team? I really don't know. Uh, now, to me, number three is Toronto. Okay. So, I, And Toronto, I don't think they improved. I don't know because they swapped out their goalie tandem entirely and went to 
Ilya Samsonov, who didn't play well in Washington. And they went with another goalie in Matt Murray. So that's a huge question mark for me. Now, I think their defense is decent in Jake, with Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley. I just don't know as much. I mean, Giordano could play good. Yeah. But, I mean, I just wouldn't be surprised. And then number two, I have Florida. Really? I think Florida... To me, it's a deadlock for the playoffs. I think Bobrovsky can can up his game. I think he can be an excellent goaltender. We've shown he's shown signs of that last year. I think he can take a step up, and I and their forward group is elite. The only question I have is their defense. They traded away McKenzie Weaker. I know Gustav Forsling is playing very well, along with Aaron Ekblad, who showcases the defense for Florida. I just can't see them falling out, though. They're just too good and too fast, too. And the number one, I have Tampa. I don't, I mean, Florida could challenge for that number one spot, but I still think Tampa is the best all around team in the Atlantic. And I only have, going into playoffs, Tampa, Florida, and Toronto. Interesting. I have top four in each. Interesting. At least that's what I think. All right. You and I, I kept quiet a little bit because um, we kind of disagree significantly in the top four. So Really interesting. Number, number eight, I have Montreal. I thought it was Tampa. <laughs> no. <laughs> Montreal, <laughs> Montreal sitting well outside the playoffs. They didn't really get better this offseason. So they got a little bit better. So Montreal moved in the right direction as you expected them to, but still going to be eight. Um, number seven, I have Detroit. It was hard for me, really. This division was hard. I mean, if you, you can see, I had so many edits thinking about what I was going to put here. It was tough. This division is so, so close. And so many teams got so much better. Detroit got better, but of all the teams, they were the ones who got better the least amount. But are they are they definitely going to? Yeah, they're, they're going to be good. Iserman is one of the best, if not the best general manager in the National Hockey League. So they're going to get better. It's a matter of time. It's really a matter of time for Detroit. So you preach patience in that city right now for hockey. Patience. You're going to have a fun team to watch this year. A fun team to watch. We'll get to go see them. This year, we're definitely going to try and make a point to go to that game. We've got season tickets, like we said before. Um, I'm looking forward to going to that. It's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Detroit and Carolina is going to be really fun. Um, number five, I'm sorry, number six, going to surprise some people, and I welcome the hate from the Boston fans. <laughs> I have Boston <laughs> at number six falling completely out of the playoff picture. Boston, like you said, is injury riddled already. The season has not started. Pasternak is disgruntled. I think he wants out. That sounds to be the reports there. I don't think Boston's, I mean, Bergeron's coming back good, but I think there's too many teams that are just too young, too fast. Boston's old and slow. That's it. Carolina should have beat him in four. Couldn't win on the road. Carolina's significantly better than Boston. 
there are a lot of teams significantly better than Boston. So I love their goaltending tandem in Boston. I really do. They're starting right. They're building from the goal out, but you got to start that rebuild. You got to. Now you got to when you got these players that you can deal and and get something from them. So Boston, I think, falls out entirely. Um, this might surprise some people. I got Buffalo at number five. I've moved them up significantly. I think Buffalo could push, but will not make the playoffs again. I think they will continue their streak of not making the playoffs, but it would not shock me if they somehow managed to get in. Because I think some of the Metro teams of old could potentially just not be as good next year. Um, Buffalo is good. Jeff Skinner had a breakout year last year, played much, 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 much better. Tage Thompson, uh, I think Buffalo has a lot of, has a good future in front of them. So I put them at five. I think they, I think they have a good year. Number four, I'm going to, it is a hot take. Number four, people are going to disagree with me. I do not think they got better. I think their team gets getting chipped away because of the cap. I have the Tampa Bay Lightning at number four. Really? I, yeah, I think Tampa Bay's got an elite goaltending. They've got a good offensive core, but they are not the team that won the Stanley Cup two times in a row. They are not. They keep losing players. Some of the players are getting older. Victor Hedman's getting older. Stamkos is getting older. Did Stamkos have a 100-point season? Yes, he did. Can he do it again? Not so sure. <laughs> really not. So They also have Braden Point, too. They do, but they lost uh, Palat. So it's yeah, every they year did. they're losing a big player because they can't. The cap's too tight for them. So I think they're going to fall out, but that's only because, and again, with these teams, they could shift. Tampa could easily win the division. Tampa could easily push forward. I, it was so hard to really come up with Atlantic, the Atlantic division because they're just so good. This division has gotten so much better. Um, number three, I have Toronto. I don't think Matt Murray's a good goalie. I think he's proven he's not a good goalie. So... Toronto's offense is elite. That's why they're top three. I would be shocked if they missed the playoffs, but if they did, it's because of goaltending. Um, I just, you know, it's Toronto. They're a good team. It's hard to bet against uh, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. But can they miss the playoffs? Sure. Sure, just because of how tight this division is. Though I think they will now. I think the lowest they'll go is four, and they'll get in on a wild card, but... I doubt that happens. Um, number two, prize everyone. I have Ottawa. I have Ottawa really making a jump this year, but I think Ottawa got really good. They are going to surprise a lot of people. Ottawa is going to be an elite club. You get Alex DeBrinket on that team, Tim Stutzla on that team. Oh boy. Oh boy. Look Brady out Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. Look out Atlantic Division. You have an elite Ottawa Senators team. This is the best this team has been since you had Daniel Offordson on the club. They are good. They got Cam Talbot in goal. He is an elite goaltender. He did fantastic in Minnesota. Why they felt the need to bring in Flurry, I don't know, but it benefited Ottawa greatly. So they got Cam Talbot's going to be their starting goalie. Um, and uh, I think they're going to be really good. I, I think they make the playoffs. I think they're almost a lock for the playoffs. Um, number one is Florida. I don't think they got worse. I think they're still, they won the President's Trophy. They lost just really just lost Uyghur. I think they really replaced everything else that they lost with trades and signings. So still think Florida's the division champs. Do they win the president's trophy? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're not that good anymore, but they're still division champs. I, I think they're the best team in the Atlantic. 
they're still scary good. I'm looking forward to watching those games when Carolina gets to play Florida. That's going to be fun. But Barkov yeah. scares me. Yeah, Barkov's elite, elite player. But again, this division is so tight between one and seven. One and seven. I could see any of those teams making the play. It would oh, not, I, t- I it could would too. not shock me to see Boston fall to six or move up to two. It wouldn't. It would not shock me to see Florida move down to three, Tampa move up to one. Wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me. I think the team with the most potential in this division is Ottawa. Sorry, Toronto. I know you have Matthews and Marner. Y'all haven't proven it to me yet. Win a, win a playoff round. Then I won't be talking like this anymore. But, yeah, I, I think the top four in the Atlantic make the playoffs. I think they're that good. Now we are on to the Metro Division. Home sweet home. Where the Hurricanes reside in. Number eight, I have Philadelphia. Philadelphia, to me, is a hot mess. I don't think they make the playoffs. And and to me, I think they're the only team in that division where I am almost safe to say that they don't make the the playoffs. I think any other teams, kind of like the Atlantic, can. I can't see Philly. I really don't. I I think, I, I mean, they have good players. I like... Ivan Provorov, even though I, he took a huge step back. I like Kevin Hayes. I like Travis Konechny and Sean Couturier. I just don't think they're going to make it. And when John Tortorella came out, I think it might have been yesterday, that there were locker room issues in Philly, I just can't see them making the playoffs. And number seven, I have the Islanders. Now, the Islanders, I think I could see them make the playoffs. The only thing I have them at seven is because I think other teams have gotten better. And Islanders didn't really do much of anything in the offseason. I think there's going to be a lot of expectations on the new head coach. And I don't think he can live up to those expectations of Barry Trotz. I really don't. I think Barry, even though I loved Brendan Moore, I think Barry Trotz, when he was the head coach, was the best coach in the NHL. I loved Barry Trotz. But he's gone. I don't really have that much faith in the Islanders now. Because Barry Trotz was the reason to me why the Islanders yeah. were really good. Yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to tell Adam Gold that he, he thinks they're going to be good this year. Another okay. Another reason is, I mean, I I think their closest star is Matt Barzell, but I also don't think he's going to be enough. I like their center core, Barzell, John Gabriel Pajot, uh, Casey Sezikits, and I know I'm missing another center in there, but I think their center core is good. I think their defense is still pretty good. I like Noah Dobson. I think he had a pretty good uh, run, and I and I think Adam Pellick and another defenseman who he's paired with, oh Ryan Polak, both are excellent shutdown defensemen. I I just don't see it, especially just because I think other teams got better. They're not going to be a pushover, no, but I just think other teams got better. 
That that was to me the main reason, which is why at six I have New Jersey. I think New Jersey does get better. I think the potential is very high for New Jersey. You have Jack Hughes, you have Nico Hiche, uh the youngest brother of the Hughes, Luke Hughes could come up possibly yep. on on that D. I mean, I know Dougie Hamilton had an injury-prone season last season. He's, he can still produce some offense, though. And I think New Jersey can really give other teams headaches with just how fast yeah. and how young they are. Yeah, I just struggled with them last year. Yeah, they did. It, the biggest question for New Jersey is going to be goaltending. McKenzie Blackwood had a troubled season. Can he bounce back? I think Blackwood can bounce back, though. Yeah. So, I do have New Jersey at six. That is as much as I can bring them up to. Because I just think the other teams are better. Number five I have is Washington. We know Nick Braxstrom's going to be out for a while for Washington. But they brought in Darcy Kemper as their goalie. And I think that solved their goaltending issues that they were having with both Vanacek and Samsonov from last year. I think that's an upgrade. And I do think Kuznetsov can man the first line with Ovechkin. I do. I still think they're going to be a very good team, even though they're one of the oldest teams in the NHL. I think if they get in, it's barely. But they're going to fall soon. I think they're going to fall first before Pittsburgh. Okay. In my opinion. Interesting. And then number four, I have Columbus. Okay. Adding Johnny Hockey to me makes them honestly a pretty scary team. I love, I I think their goalies need to be improved on with Corpusalo and Merce Lincolns a little bit, but I think it's still pretty good. Um, I love their defense with um, Warinsky in there and G- Gavrikov. And I think Bob Quist and maybe Jake Bean take a step up. If they do, they're in the playoffs. And then their forward group ultimately got better again with why I just said Johnny Hockey. I see one line with Johnny Hockey as the per goal sco- scorer, the other line, Patrick Lane. Because they they can score a lot of goals with those two players. I I think they're a dark horse to make the playoffs. And the whole, not just the vision, but I think in the whole uh, conference. Number three, I have Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's still good. I think if you have Crosby and Malkin, you're still a very good team. I do think you make the playoffs. The question for Pittsburgh now, though, is can they get past the first round? Because they haven't. But I still think they're a good team. They brought back Latane, Malkin, and Crosby for one last run. Is this going to be the one last run? I don't know. But we'll see. I do think they're a still good team because... Crosby and Mulkin are one of the best. Okay. Then number two, I have the Rangers. And number one, I have Carolina. Now, 
before we signed Paul Stastny, I would have had the Rangers at number one because to me there were too many questions with Carolina. Can KK play the second center role? Can Natchez have a bounce back season? Can Svetch up his goal score production? But with the signing of Paul Stastny, I do think Carolina's number one. I think their goaltending, even though I think the Rangers' goaltending is better, can be on par at times with Shesterkin. I think Anderson can be as good as Shesterkin at times, even though I think Shesterkin is the better goaltender. I think Carolina has the better forward group than the Rangers with Svetch and Jarvis and Ajo. Oh, and and Teravine too. I mean, the Rangers four four group is good, but I think their question is: Can Lafreniere take that next step? And and can can Kreider repeat? I mean, getting fifty three goals was a career year for him last year. Can he do that again? So I have more faith in Carolina's offense than the Rangers' offense. Uh, the one thing that I think the real we close in is the defense. Adam Fox leads the way in the ra- with the Rangers. Jacob Slavin leads the way with the defense in Carolina. I think both defenses are really good. I think the Rangers might have a little bit more offense in their defense than ours do. Yep. I think we're a better shutdown. But I think we're more of a – we have better shutdown defensemen. So that's how I see it. Okay. Well – for the Metropolitan, I also have Philadelphia in eight. I think they got not good. I think the only inst- the only area in which they improved was in their coaching staff. I um, I think John Tortorella is a, an elite coach, one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. I always said if Carolina, for whatever reason, did not sign Rob Brindamore, I wanted us to sign John Tortorella. I like what he brings to the table. I like the fiery um, personality he brings to the locker room. I think he is an elite coach. He's a great coach. But even great coaches cannot turn a crappy NHL team into a Stanley Cup playoff team. Philadelphia misses. They did not get better. They've lost a lot of good players, and they have players who just aren't good. So Philadelphia misses. Significantly misses. So they will be in the Connor Bedard running for sure. Uh, number seven, I have the Islanders again without Barry Trotz. I don't see this organization being able to really climb out of the number seven spot, potentially maybe six, but I really, really doubt it. When you hear what I've got, my top six, you just can't picture them beating any of these teams. At least I can. I think the other, I think they're just too good. Um, number six, I have a surprise a lot of people, but I believe age, I believe injury, and I believe that the youthfulness of teams above them will comp- will push them out, and that's Pittsburgh. I, I put Pittsburgh at six. I think Crosby wow. is an elite, elite player, but he is nowhere near what he was before. Malkin is injury prone. Latang, I just I don't know, but and I think their goaltending is hot, hot garbage. So um, Pittsburgh misses the playoffs. I do not think they're a lock. I think they're done. I think they brought back Latang and Malkin for nostalgia's sake. I thought that was a mistake to lock them into the contracts that they did. It's going to come back to bite them severely. So it's unfortunate that Pittsburgh felt the need to do that instead of the desire to rebuild, but they probably did it for Crosby out of respect for him. But you can't, you cannot do things before the player. You got to do things for the organization and the fan base. Um, 
Number five, I also have missing the playoffs, Washington Capitals. I think they're done. Nick Backstrom gone. Ovechkin's getting older. Does he still score 50 goals? Probably. Probably. He, 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 I think he still can. But he's he old? Yeah. Oh, he is. He probably doesn't crush 70 points this year. 50 goals, 20 assists. He's not really, you don't really have anybody else who can play on that team that can score. Tom Wilson, sure. Cause Nets off. Okay. No, but. I don't see Washington making the playoffs. Darcy Kemper would be why they pushed him pushed into the playoffs, but don't think they have the roster to to really. If they make the playoffs, they definitely don't have the roster to compete for the cup. Definitely don't. Good, you have Ovechkin, but he can't win you a cup. You can't. Saw that this last season, they got beat by Florida. They competed with Florida, sure, because they roughed them up, but Florida still was still better, and Florida was a better team. Um. Number four, I have I three and four. I battled with this. I have New Jersey higher than you. I've got them at four. I think their youthfulness. I think their speed. I think their ability to to confound teams like Carolina last year show that this team is not to be just taken for granted. The New Jersey Devils will be a very good hockey club. Very good hockey. I think they make the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs at number four, like Tampa Bay does at number four out at the Atlantic. Um, would it surprise me if Pittsburgh, Washington pushed them down? No, not really. But I still believe Washington and Pittsburgh miss. I think the H of the Caps and the Pens dominating the Metropolitan and the Eastern Conference, those days are behind them. They are close to rebuilding. I think they're still kind of in that playoff contention rain window at the moment, but not cup contenders. So I think you have four five and six playoff contenders. Um, I think that's about where they sit. Um, what's going to surprise people. I have Columbus at three and I don't really see them falling out of three. I think that's about where they sit all year. I don't think they fall out. I don't think they move up, but I think they sit at three. Could they move up? Maybe, but I really think they said it. I think your offense significantly improved when you bring in Johnny Goudreau. I like their goaltending. I think a little bit more than you do. Um, I think their defense is good. I think their offense is, oh my goodness, their offense is elite. They're going to score some, they're going to score some goals. They are. They are going to score. I mean, they have more, they have a better, they have two goal scorers on their team. You know how many goal scorers Carolina has on their team? Don't have those two. That's for darn sure. We have do we have people who can put the puck in the net? Sure, sure. I would I would I wish we had Johnny Goudreau or Patrick Laine, two players who know how to bury the puck. Um, I think Columbus is number three, number two, and number one. Like you are the Rangers, number two, Carolina, number one. I will have always have Carolina at number one right now. I think they're better than the Rangers. I think they're better than the Rangers last year. I think before Stasny, they were better than the Rangers. I think New York. You've had Shesterkin one good year. Before he needs to do that again for me to say, okay, yeah, he's Vasilevsky level. One more season was just with um, Igor Shostakin having a good year. Will he probably? I really believe he will. Uh, yeah, I think um, he will. I would too. be shocked if he falters. I would be genuinely shocked, but I don't know if Chris Kreider is going to repeat. That's the question you have to ask yourself there. Is Kreider's never done this before? Is this a fluke season where he was right place, right time, putting the puck in the net? Maybe, maybe he's just turned into the goal scorer they always thought he could be. But I think Carolina is still the the Metropolitan Division leader. I think Carolina wins the Eastern Conference. I think they're the best team in the East. Um, Them and Florida, I think, are going to be the two teams fighting for yeah. that conference. Um, and maybe Tampa. Bold prediction, I think Carolina wins the President's Trophy. 
this year. Really? I do. I think Carolina wins the president's trophy. I, I think they are the team. I think this is the team to do it. Cause even if they keep neck and neck, neck and neck up to the deadline, you bring back patch ready. That's ball game. Carolina's met Carolina wins the president's trophy. So I, I, I predict Carolina wins the president's trophy. I believe the curse is broken and Carolina will win the Stanley cup. Well, we hope we know, uh, teams who win the president trophies, um, don't really have a good track record in winning the Stanley Cup, but like Carolina's we'll, 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 we'll see. Home, best, we are good at home. Winning that President's Trophy, I think, for many teams might not be a lock, but Carolina winning the President's Trophy, you're guaranteed every round you have home ice. For Carolina, that that's huge. We saw that this year. We only lost one game. Granted, it was a game seven, but we only lost one game at home. It's, that's that's big, that's really big. So yeah, I think Carolina winning the Presidents Trophy. I think it's going to happen. Well, that was our predictions, everybody. We hope you ha- had a great time listening to this pretty long episode so far. Uh, but if you guys stick around to the end, you guys are great, awesome. Thank you so much. If you like it, please rate, give a comment and subscribe to our podcast. I am Sam Wallace. I am Sam Driscoll and go Saints. Go Kings. <laughs>